Live from the library started in spring of 2020 when we were all sent home. And the librarians in my district really stepped up in um, grades six through 12, for sure. That's the team I really work most closely with. And we were helping teachers just kind of survive as many librarians out there would probably identify with. Hello friends and welcome to season four of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series, Leading from the Library. This is a podcast for all librarians, wherever you are in your journey. It is filled with amazing guests, important topics and engaging conversations that will inspire, engage and support all of us as future ready librarians. I am your host, Shannon McClintock Miller. I am the district teacher librarian at Van Meter Community School in Van Meter, Iowa and I serve as the Future Ready Librarian spokesperson. I have the pleasure of working within my library and school community and also with others around the country and world through Future Ready Librarian events, conferences, consulting, writing, and more. I am honored to bring these voices and the work of others to our podcast and to all of you. For season four, we've added a few new segments to our podcast, including Future Ready Librarian shoutouts and shares, from our listeners. We will be gathering these shout outs, shares, and questions for each episode. So be on the lookout to chime in and celebrate what you're doing within your library and school too. For our Future Ready Librarian shout out today, I'm really excited to share something that my friend Lovi Howell, a teacher librarian in Louisiana, shared with me. So Lovi wrote, Louisiana Association of School Librarians Executive Board have been working very hard to connect all school librarians in our state. After meeting with the LDOE and asking for the emails of all 900-ish of our Louisiana school librarians, we realized that the State Department did not have access to that information. Something about librarians being coded as teachers only and not librarians as well. So we began to brainstorm how to connect to all our librarians. This continues to be an uphill climb. Thus far, we have gathered over 300 emails of school librarians in our state through our LASL newsletter, website, Facebook, Twitter, and email. We have contacted, connected with state library supervisors and asked them to send an email to all of their librarians with our website and survey information. We asked to be added to the monthly teacher leader newsletter with a librarian section, which I thought was amazing. And that is also put out across the state. We put out five minute tips on our social media along with webinars and information that we believe can unite and help all school librarians. LASL is playing a free PD day in Baton Rouge for all school librarians, whether they are a member of LASL or not. By school librarians for school librarians, the executive board of LASL believes that we are all better together. And I know that I have seen the things that they have been doing, and I'm always just so impressed and proud of all the great things. And so you are lucky librarians, and we have a lot to learn from you. And then we get to today's Future Ready Librarian Share, and this comes from Angie Stahlbomber at McKin McKinney ISD in Texas. And Angie shared, 
I've grown my relationship with teachers by using what they are learning in the classroom to create integrated literacy and maker lessons and activities. I have been inspired by your sessions and implemented and adapted them into my learning commons and makerspace. A presentation I did at conferences, it, I think she went to TSA and FETC, is called It's Not Just About the Stuff. I often host makerspace learning common observations with the goal of showing them how to transform their culture and traditional libraries without focusing on stuff, but instead an innovative and growth mindset and the four C's. That is how I got my staff to buy into how I transformed our learning commons. You can transform the space and not have a successful library program. It really requires a cultural mind, mindset shift. And I love this because I think that the thing that I got that from that when I read it was not only am I so proud of what you're doing, Angie, but it really is something that we all need to remember every single day. And not just as we work from our libraries, but as we also collaborate with our teachers and work with others within our buildings too. So I appreciate all of those shares and shout outs and just keep them coming. There's a form that we will include in the resources and you can fill that out. And I would love to highlight that too. But now we're ready for the super exciting part of today. And we get to welcome my friend and teacher librarian, Melissa Tom, as we talk about creating a culture of reading in the library and beyond. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I know I was so excited when I first saw your face today. You know, we haven't seen each other for a couple of years. And so it's really great not only to see you, but I can't wait to hear all of the amazing things that you're doing. I can't wait to share. So first, tell us a little bit about your job, where you're at and about your library and who you work with. So this is my seventh year in the library. I was a classroom teacher for 12 and I have loved the shift to the library. I'm in a middle school in Connecticut. I have a very wonderful team of three middle school librarians because there are three schools in our district and we are very far. Every school in our district has a certified school librarian. Um, I also play the role of president at association in my local district, but also on a state level. Amazing. Well, you have a lot of great experience being in the classroom and now in the library. I thought you'd been in the library a little longer than that. So that's interesting. I love it. So the first question I have for you today, just like knowing a little bit about what you do in your library and just the amazing way that you work with your kids, can you tell us about Live from the Library or Live from the Library? Tell us about that. Yeah, and um, I'm really excited because it's kind of just taken a little bit of a shift in the last few weeks. So Live from the Library started in spring of 2020 when we were all sent home. And the librarians in my district really stepped up in um, grade six through 12, for sure. That's the team I really work most closely with. And we were helping teachers just kind of survive, as many librarians out there would probably identify with. But um, Shannon McNeese and Dave St. Germain are my two counterparts. And we were really missing that connection with not only teachers for things beyond just tech 
help, but the book culture and trying to spread that love of reading and that joy of reading. And we were really missing the students because we didn't have a lot of face-to-face -face, face -face time with them. So we came up with this idea. We were going to do a weekly episode. We named it Live from the Library. Not super creative, but very effective. And we live streamed our episode every week. And back in 2020, a lot of you will remember, it was the Bitmoji Genesis craze. And so we created a Bitmoji scene for every episode. And I have to say that getting online with those two for a few hours on Mondays was literally the highlight of my week. And it was so much fun to build out our slideshow and our content. And every episode was pretty short. It was 15 to 20 minutes. And we had different segments and we would always feature certain books based on a theme. If it was that a, a special heritage month, we would focus on that. If we knew that some class was focusing on specific content, we would try to create digital bookshelves about that. Um, so we shared that. We then incorporated some guest speakers. So when we kicked off summer reading, we invited the public librarian and we interviewed her and she had a chance to share some of the summer reading program opportunities for our students. And it was the first episode, um, we had over a thousand views on YouTube because it went right to YouTube. So not only were we reaching our students in West Hartford, but we were also reaching a wider audience. And I got lots of comments and just asking how we did it and positive feedback. So we were really excited when school started pretty regular for us last year, we were hybrid, but we were all in person. We sort of put it on the back burner for a little bit and we kind of got used to that new normal and it sort of went on hiatus for the most part for last school year, but it has been regenerated in the last few weeks because I have been involved with um, some of the curriculum work for the SEL and social justice curriculum that we are creating for advisory classes in the middle school. And we are doing interviews with different artists, authors from, we are trying to be local and staying in Connecticut. And the theme is telling stories and why stories matter. So we are building lessons for five weeks around that question. And we have interviewed Janae Marks, who many of you will recognize is a fabulous author of From the Desk of Washington and her newest Soft Place to Land. She is from Connecticut. Just interviewed a pair of sisters who wrote a picture book called Wonderfully that is telling their experience about growing up biracial. And the third person we interviewed was Javier Colon, who some of you may recognize, I believe it's The Voice. He won the first season of The Voice and he lives in West Hartford and his children go to our schools. And he is a musician and he is amazing and just his songs tell really powerful stories. So we are using Live from the Library as our vehicle to share that content with our entire district. Wow, that is amazing. I wanna see this, like I wanna, I wanna watch. <laughs> We have six episodes recorded from when we first did it, and that's available on my website if it'll probably be in the show links for my school. It's on YouTube. They're all, you can follow that channel. Um, the ones that we're doing for our district are a little bit more closed permission from the people that are viewed, but be on the lookout because we think a very cool format and we would love any ideas or recommendations for future shows and we just might kind of on our of our school 
um, in the future because it's just much fun to connect. Yeah, that's so amazing. Well, and I love like thinking of the things that are positive coming from like the last two years, right? Like the things that we've done different. And for me, like when I think of all these great ways that we've always connected with people, you know, you're using it as a way through video, but even like at our school, like I used to like put everybody in the gym together, you know, all second grade. And then we would like Skype or zoom or whatever with this one author, but now, you know, even thinking like, oh, you can stay in your own classroom and we can involve others or we can invite other schools. And I think this is another great thing to think about, like how wonderful that you're working with the SEL and the content that trying to get to your kids through advisory, but using this is a way to like touch every student and every teacher within your community. It is. And one, um, one aspect that I didn't talk about that really was where part of this idea for me came from is two years before COVID even happened, I was really struggling with getting my information out to my school community. Because a lot of us know, especially in middle school, I don't have a, a set schedule. I, it's hit or miss with who I get to see. And it's the teachers who want to work with me that I really get access to. And I was really trying to problem solve. How can I really share new books that are coming? What's new in the maker space? What author visits do we have that I really want people to get excited about? And I just asked my principal, I said, can I have the first Wednesday of every month to have a live stream that they will just watch from their classrooms um, because we all didn't fit in the auditorium in my school. It wasn't possible to get all three grades at one time. And that was sort of my solution. So my, my staff had a little experience with that Google Meet aspect before COVID happened. So I look back at that and just think how ironic almost that was that they were sort of prepping, but it was a really effective way to easily connect, not a lot of logistics and everybody has access. And if they can't watch it live, guess what? It's recorded and it's always there. And I put it up on my website so that families could see it too. And that's a, a way to bring in your community to what's going on in your schools. Yeah, I wondered about that. Like one of the things that are always in my mind, and I'm sure that our listeners also think of, of just how you get people on board. Like, how do you get your school community involved? And so I love that. And they were used to doing that because of the event that you had on Wednesday. So that's great. Yeah, I love that. So Another thing that I always like to think about is how we get our students involved. And so what is the involvement of your kids in these events and just within your library too? Always love to hear that. Yeah. Um, as a classroom teacher, I was always very focused on my students and putting students at the center and giving them choice. And that came with me to my position in the library. I really like to empower my students and learners and just put them in positions where they can make decisions. So a couple of the things that I am probably most proud of is um, every year I try to set aside a small portion of my budget that students have control over in the sense of they get to do some curation of books and they get to decide what is purchased. And um, sometimes it's easier than others, but one of my success stories was last year, I had an eighth grader at the time who he was not a reader 
by choice, I would say. Um, pretty not identifying as somebody who would read on his own, really, just because he had to. He it was a little bit of a struggle sometimes, but he would always just visit the library because we would just chat. And I found out he was really, really into anime and then manga for the books. And I said, I need help because I am not an expert in that genre and I would really value his opinion. And I had him create a Google doc and I said, just do some research. You know, you can like look on Amazon for different series, like on the Barnes and Noble website to find some things that you think the other middle schoolers would like put some information in this document and I have $200. So we can figure out which series, like let's get 10 of a series because we wanted to have a good start. And he came up with Black Clover. And let me tell you that that is probably the most popular series I have right now. And they're never in the library. And he was so proud when the books arrived and they were processed and they were ready to be checked out. And he, well, he's like, can you take a picture? I want to show it to my family. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean, and it was, it was really a very easy thing on my part just to give him a few basic guidance, guiding tips and just let him go. And he was a student who hadn't really probably felt a lot of success in different areas related to the library reading. And this just really put a spark in him. So that's one example that I'm really proud of. Another thing that I've uh, really tried to incorporate over the last few years, mostly in conjunction with book fairs, um, are, is my student crew. And so it was something that Scholastic Book Fairs kind of have some, in their toolkit, they have some things to help plan for that or just um, some ideas. But I took that basic idea and I just really kind of made it my own. And so every time we have a book fair, they are front and center, they work it, they do the marketing for it. Um, we have t-shirts that we make. I had a student design the logo for us and they got to vote. And then we had t-shirts made a couple of years ago and I've just extended that. So it's not just for that one event every year. It is now they're just like my assistants basically. And I know other librarians have really successful programs and I highly recommend checking some of those out. Um, so this year, what I've done is I have book ambassadors and I started with sixth grade because I want to get them kind of in um, right away. That's the first year they come to our school. And we just have lunch together twice a month. They bring their lunch. It's library lunch is what we call it. And it's kind of what they want it to be. We just kind of chat. We brainstorm ideas for the library. And one of the things that we have done is um, we've updated all of our toilet talkers in our school. Um, and so if you don't know what toilet talkers are, check out the book wrangler. Um, I found him originally on Instagram. He has a website. And so it's not my original idea, but I love it. The students love it. And so now all of our bathroom stalls have book posters so that when somebody's washing their hands or just in the bathroom, they just, they get to see what are some of the new books and the students are the ones that decided. So that's something that my book ambassadors have done this year. Oh, I love that. I know anything like that, that gets kids, especially like middle and high school kids excited because, you know, we don't see them like we do elementary kids. And so I love that you have, I took some notes. I love that it's called the student crew and book ambassadors. And I bet they love that. Yeah. That's something that kids will never forget, right? Like you hook them when they're that age and you never know, they might be a librarian someday too. <laughs> So that's the goal for some of them. <laughs> oh, I love that. And another thing that I wanted to ask you about was your free book Friday. 
Uh, free book Friday. I don't remember where I got the idea again, definitely not original with me. Um, but last year I had had a bunch of books that we were able to purchase at the end of 2020, but were never able to give out because we weren't allowed to go where they were giving food, um, away for our students. So we, we really were just trying to get books into the hands of kids at that time when they didn't have access to libraries that didn't go according to plan. So I sort of recalibrated my idea. And I then every Friday last year, I had a cart that I wheeled out into the lobby on Fridays. And it literally was a student, every student could take a book. And so I had books from that money that we were given at the end of 2020. But I also um, if I am lucky enough to get advanced copies at conferences that we had been going to, I would just put those out um, for them to get into the hands of students after I purchased them for the library when they came when they were published. Um, I would also use my resources. I'm very frugal, having grown up on a farm in Minnesota. Um, I watch my money both personally and in my library budget very carefully. And so some of my favorite, like I would use Book Outlet because they have overstock and they have have really great titles you just they just change all the time but I would get high interest books from book outlet book depot I would always go to um Susanna Richards if you don't know her she's somebody in Connecticut and she's nationally known she has a tag sale every year a book tag sale in the fall and in the spring and I would just load up there and get a lot of books for not a lot of money and then last but not least um in Branford where I live they have the most epic library book sale every fall it's their major fundraiser for the library and it is on the town green and it is literally thousands of books. And so I, I, um, I'm a friend of the library, of course. And so I get to go the first night and I bring my wagon and I just load up on books for, um, for that, you know, the next few months. So students love it. Um, they are so excited when they come in and they just, they ask me this year, I have, I do it the first Friday of every month, just because it's hard to keep all of those books ready to go. So a lot, you know, it, it takes a lot of, a quantity to do that. So I've just, I've scaled it back a little bit. Um, so we do it the first Friday of every month and they're always excited and they just know to look forward to it. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. I want to come now to Connecticut to <laughs> sail and come with you. That sounds you great. Make it happen. I sh everybody should make it happen. Um, I always tweet about it and um, just let me know and I will keep you in the know. And Susanna has a mailing list even, I think that you can get added to. Oh, wrote her name down. I'm going to, yeah, you'll have to send that to me. We'll, yes. put it in, we'll put it in the resources so everybody can see. I love that. You're doing so many amazing things. Every time I have someone on to talk about reading, my last question I love to always ask is, so what's the hot title? What are the hot titles right now in your library? Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. Well, still in middle school, the new Diver Wimpy Kid has like 15 people waiting. It just got returned again today. So the next lucky reader will get to check it out tomorrow. Whoever's on hold. Um, what was the new one? Well, there today, they haven't been able to be popular yet because there are so many amazing book birthdays today. Like this is a really huge day in publishing. So a couple of the books that we had an advanced copy of that students were really excited about, uh, Leslie Connor's newest one. Um, and I always get this name wrong and she's going to laugh if she listens to this. It's, has anyone seen Frenchie? I think is the name. So 
Leslie Connors, also from Connecticut. She's the author of Mason Buttle um, and uh, Home for Goddesses and Dogs. She's her realistic fiction, just so amazing. So that comes out today. Um, another book that I had some pre-readers read that they were really excited about is uh, Lemon Drop Falls by Heather Clark, which such an amazing story. I can't wait for more readers to get their hands on that one. Um, I also put out the Nerdies uh, that was announced at the end of Jan or maybe beginning of January. I did the middle grade and there were a lot of popular titles on that list. Um, the Vera Hirandani, um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but look up Vera Hirandani. It's her new one that was I've had haven't had on the shelf. It, it hasn't been there since I I purchased it. So those are a couple of the fiction. Um, for nonfiction, we are, it's very interesting. The who would win um, is more elementary. However, our health teacher is very innovative and has used that series to do some things with curriculum and the students are making something connected to health curriculum. They're making their own who would win. So I bought a bunch of copies of the different who would win. So they had like models to base it after. And the um, sixth graders have been just eating those up for nonfiction. And our eighth graders are working on National History Day projects right now. And a couple of the really popular topics is the space race. And we found some really interesting titles that are maybe a little bit more um, kind of adult crossovers, the nonfiction, and there's some young reader editions that have been really good. Um, and this isn't with the students yet, because we don't have it in our library, but I have to talk because I just finished listening to it on audio today. It is called Bluebird by Sharon Cameron, I believe. I hope that's correct. Historical fiction, World War II. I could not stop. Last night, I had a copy of the book and I had to read it. I couldn't wait to get in my car this morning to like listen to it. So there, I could probably go on, but that's it for now. I love it. I actually just bought Bluebird too. Oh my God. So I'm almost done with the book I'm reading right now. And then I will read that. I love all those. I took more notes. So those are all good. I know. It's, I love sharing books. It's so fun. And I just love following what you do. So tell everyone where they can find your work and you on social, or if you have a blog and we'll put it too in the notes, but share that too. Awesome. Um, I am most active on Twitter. I really love my Twitter family and my hash or my, my handle is at Ms. Tom Bookitis. So M-S-T-H-O-M-B-O-O-K-I-T-I-S. And that is the same handle on Instagram, which I do post, but I'm trying to become a little bit more fluent. Um, I am also on Facebook and um, I think I have the link that you can put in the notes. So I, I don't, I think it's joyful teacher library and I changed it to that, but I'm not sure if that's how it shows up on the link. Um, and my book itis actually, I love telling that story when I was teaching, um, in Hartford many years ago, I had a student, I was a basketball coach for a year. Don't ask about the season. It wasn't super successful, <laughs> but it was fun. Um, and I had one of my sixth graders at the time, she comes into the gym for practice and she said, Miss Tom, you made me sick. You gave me an, you gave me an illness. And I was, 
I thought she was serious. And I said, oh my gosh, what happened? And she said, before I came to this school, I didn't like to read and I didn't ever have books. And now I can't stop reading. And you've given me book-itis. And I said, I said, Olivia, I am totally stealing that. And since then, and it's been probably over eight or nine years, that is how I try to identify myself. And that's why that's I chose amazing. these candles. So um, yeah, please follow me. I love connecting with people on social media. I think it's such an amazing way to just stay in touch and and then when we get to see each other in real life at a conference, like sometimes I see you first on Twitter and then I see you in the exhibit hall. I'm like, I know you. And it's just, it's very fun. <laughs> oh, I love that too. I know I love following you. So everybody follow and you'll learn so much from Melissa and just, this was amazing. You've inspired me with so many ideas. So I have lots of notes. So I love it. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. I really appreciate being invited to talk to you today. We appreciate it to everything that you shared and everyone will be able to find her information, attach this podcast along with resources and a certificate of professional development that you can download and fill out to use. As always, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series, Leading from the Library. And a very special thank you to our sponsors, Follett. You make a difference in our library schools and within our lives and that of our students every day. We really appreciate everything that you do. Please send your Future Ready Librarian shout outs and shares to me at shannonmcclintockmiller at gmail.com or tag me at Shannon M. Miller. We'll also put a link to the Google form and we would love to hear from you. I hope that you can take what you learned in today's podcast and put it to use within your practice as a future ready librarian. Until next time, friends, keep finding ways to lead within and from your library. Thank you for joining us for the Future Ready Librarian podcast, Leading from the Library. I would like to also thank our sponsor, Follett Learning, for their amazing continued support.